Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we live in this amazing country where we have all these freedoms. But freedom is never free. And we're, the reason we have these freedoms is because of the sacrifice of so many that have served our country. And many of them have even given their lives that we can have this freedom. And Lord, help us to never forget that sacrifice. And help us to follow that example. And Lord Jesus, we thank you that you went to the cross and you gave your life, that we can have freedom, not just in this life, but freedom forever. This day, help us to realize how incredibly blessed we are in a greater way, that we can live more in these blessings and live in the joy that you desire for us to live in. We pray this in your name. Amen. We are in a new series called Leading Like Jesus. And you heard the challenges earlier and also the seminar taking place on, on June 8th. And today we're going to be kicking off with the topic of blessing. And I want to share with you a story, and I want to encourage you to lock and load this story in your mind, your heart, because I think it can truly help you. It's really helped me a lot as far as focusing more on blessing. Now, imagine life is a symphony. Okay, God is playing this amazing symphony. You have all these different parts, all these instruments, all playing perfectly together. And it's just incredible. Just think of the most, you know, your favorite type of music and the, the, you know, in a degree higher than you've ever heard it before. You're listening to this incredible symphony. And as you're listening, all of a sudden you get sidetracked. There's a drum beat that you don't like the way that drummer's playing. So you start focusing on that drum and that drummer. And you're thinking, you know, I, I really would think this guy should play that a little bit differently and... Maybe if you did it this way, it would sound better. And before you know it, you're so fixated on that drum that you're no longer listening to what? The symphony. And that's the story of life, folks. There could be a hundred things going really well. One thing going bad. But yet your focus is on what so often? That one thing, Right? Or you could have a hundred people treating you great. One person treating you bad. And your focus is on what? That one person, right? And how many times do you find yourself up at night thinking about those drum beats rather than thinking about the symphony, the blessings that God is pouring into our lives? And I want to come back to the story, but the bottom line is this. God wants us to live in the symphony. He doesn't want us to be distracted by the problems and difficulties of life. He wants us to have joy. You see, God is in the blessing business. You think about the very beginning. God created the heavens and the earth, and God ultimately created even us. He made us special. No one like us. He's given us our talents, our abilities. He's given us the things we need to get by from day to day. He's given us a roof over our head, clothes to wear, food to eat. We always seem to have everything we need, even so sometimes we may worry about those things, but we always have plenty. We're living in abundance all the time. But most importantly, on top of that, we have relationships with family and, and friends, and of course, the most important relationship of all, relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ, that through Jesus, our sins are forgiven, our past is taken care of, our future is secure, and we have a Savior who's with us in a present right now that can help us with any problem we ever face. The more you focus on the big picture of life, What's the reality? We're blessed. 
The picture is incredible. But so often, we're focusing on those drumbeats. You know, the um, ironic benediction we have at the end of our service, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. That's some powerful words from God to us. Words that we are to receive. A couple years back, I had a good friend of mine who passed away. And he um, was a, a veteran. He served in Vietnam War. He was a helicopter pilot after the Vietnam War. He actually, he and a group of people developed the Apache helicopter and just an amazing person. But while he was in Vietnam, he inhaled a lot of that Agent Orange. And he had cancer the last part of his life. It's believed from that chemical that caused that cancer to form in, inside of him. And I saw him quite a bit before he left this earth to go to be with the Lord. And Every time I left, I always would say the ironic benediction. And as I'm saying it, he had this big smile on his face. I could tell he's just taking it in and receiving it, realize he truly was blessed by God. You think about Jesus, and he, he was traveling with the disciples, and they're trying to go somewhere, and the disciples are in a big hurry, and, and Jesus pulls off on the side of the road, and he starts hanging out with a bunch of kids. And the disciples are getting all upset, saying, Hey, Jesus, we don't have time for this. We don't have time. He says, Hey, let the children come to me. Do not stop them. For to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And then he took them and he did what? He blessed them. He blessed them. And we see this concept of blessing through the Bible. That God wants us to also bless others as he in turn blesses us. And what's it like to receive blessing? Okay. And what's the greatest blessing you received in your life? And I can honestly say I remember the day over 30 years ago, in fact, I'm closer to 40 years, sorry, time's going fast. I was 19 years old, and I was at a campfire, and a guy was sharing, a friend I knew that was actually sharing a devotion on that Jesus lived, he died, he rose, and for the first time in my life, it made sense. It came alive inside of me, and on that day, my life changed, and it's never been the same since, because I received something that day that's going to last forever. That's the most incredible blessing I've ever received. And what I realized, too, the most important blessing for us to share in this life is that same faith, to tell people about Jesus, to show people who Jesus is through our actions and through our words. You know, I want to talk a little bit about how do we live in that symphony? What's the, the secret? What's the, what's the plan? How do we live in that symphony that Jesus wants us to live in? And the first thing is this. He wants us to realize how powerful the Bible is, that there's blessing in God's word. His word is powerful because his word is true and backed by his power. God can do anything. I've never met anybody in my life that said, you know what, I wish I would have read the Bible less. Anybody ever heard somebody say that? I wish I read the Bible less? Never. See, the more that we spend time in the Bible, in God's word, the more the blessings become a part of our life. That book is full of blessing. And I want to encourage us that every day we're taking time to be in his word and to receive those blessings into our hearts. And, and as we receive that word, sometimes we receive in different ways. When I first became a believer, I was trying to learn to understand the Bible, gaining some knowledge. But the more that you grow in the Bible, you begin to realize, wait a second, these are not just words for knowledge, not just words for my mind. These are not just words for my heart. These are words I meant to embrace and live out of my life. 
These are my words. These are God's words to me. That God's word is my word. And the more that we embrace that and own his word, the more those blessings really flow into our lives. What is the shortest verse in the Bible? Anybody know what the shortest verse in the Bible is? Jesus wept. Okay, that's the shortest English verse. But the Greek language is the language that the Bible is written in. And Jesus wept actually has three Greek words. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 has three English words, but it has two Greek words. So it's really the official shortest verse in the Bible. But it's the three English words are, be joyful. Guess what the next word is? Always. Be joyful always. Not some of the time. God wants us to be joyful always. And why would this be in the Bible if it's not what God wants for us? He wants us to have joy all the time. And what's the secret to find that? I want to share with you some points here. The first one is this. To learn to think the right way. Learn to think the right way. Now I'm convinced in our society we've been trained and socialized to let our emotions run amok. Okay? The whole Hollywood industry is based around what? Emotion. Feeling. Commercials so often are based around emotion and feeling. And we live in a society where we've never been taught how do we use our mind to control our emotions? For example, let's say that you're really angry at somebody. Okay, somebody does something really bad to you. And you're really upset, you're really angry at that person who made you angry. And usually what we're thinking is, that person did all these terrible things to me. And sometimes people are living inside of our head for sometimes years after the event. They may even be dead and gone and are still living in your head. Why? Because we let them do that. The point is this, that God gave us this amazing tool called our mind. It's way more powerful than we could ever imagine. Now imagine this. So people are trying, let's say they're being mean to you. Usually if somebody is mean to you, people show to you how they feel about who? Themselves. So maybe rather than being upset at that person, maybe thinking, no, they must be having a bad day. I feel bad that I feel that way. And I choose to not get upset with that person. I choose to not let that steal my joy. I'm going to keep living in the symphony. I'm going to bounce off those drum beats and I'm going to focus back in the blessings of God. Can we make that choice? You better believe it. You see, the symphony of the drum beat is a choice. What choice are we going to make? Are we going to go with the drum beat? Or are we going to go with the symphony? And God wants us to choose the symphony. You know, the Apostle Paul, in the letter of Philippians, he writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. And I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He wrote that from where? Prison. He was in prison when he wrote that. How could he do that? How could he be so joyful? He's using his mind. Even though he was in prison, he knew he was free because of who Jesus is and what Jesus had done for him, that he was still living in joy because his mind was overcoming his emotions and the truth of God's word reigning over worldly fears. Learning to think the right way. The second thing is learning to pray the right way. Learning to pray the right way. 
Prayer is powerful because God is powerful. You know, the most incredible prayer warrior I've met in my life, and I think I've talked about her before, is Dorothy Gerard, Pastor Mike's grandmother. And she was a member at my last church I served at, and she prayed every day, three hours a day. I went to see her one time at her assisting living center where she lived, and, and she showed me her whole regimen of prayer. And I would call her, I'd give her prayer requests, and, and for those of you that ever met his mother, every time I saw her, she had a big smile on her face. She was happy all the time, even as her faith deteriorated, or her, her health deteriorated. Faith was always strong. As her health deteriorated, she still was happy and joyful. And the point being is that as you pray, it's about a relationship. The more that we grow closer to God, the more you love somebody, you want to talk to them. And prayer is talking to God and learning, you know, he loves me. He speaks to me through his word. I speak to him through prayer. And as we grow in that relationship, we want to talk to him. And that relationship is the most important relationship in our lives. And the Lord's Prayer gives to us an incredible model on how to pray the right way. You know, sometimes you're thinking, you know, how do I pray? And even the disciples are asking Jesus, how do we pray, Jesus? And he says, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so we start out by praying to our common Father and we're worshiping him, we're blessing him for who he is and what he's done for us. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're praying for God's kingdom to spread throughout the world. We're praying for Jesus to come into the lives of every human being. That's a big, powerful prayer. It's a big ask. We go on, give us this day our daily bread. The one part in the prayer that talks about something worldly, and we're praying not only God provide for me what I need to get through this day, but provide it for who? Everybody in the whole world. But it's not just physical bread. We're also praying, God, take the spiritual bread of your word and make it alive in me and make it alive in the lives of all people. We go on. Forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. We're praying for forgiveness to come not just to ourselves, but to who? Everybody in this world. The most important thing I can tell you is that even though I am a sinner and I've messed up numerous times in my life, that through Jesus Christ I'm forgiven and the way to heaven is open for me. But not only are we forgiven, but we have to learn to do what? To forgive others because God loves us so much. He knows if we don't forgive, we are carrying other people's garbage. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We're saying, God, bless me with protection from the force of evil in this world. I realize that Satan and his demons are more powerful than I am. I need your help. I need your protection. And guess what? He helps. He's there. This is a great prayer. The prayer of a blessing. And we ultimately in our lives, we need to learn to pray that way. That is a model prayer as we do our daily prayers. And I pray we're spending time every day talking to our God. Think the right way. Pray the right way. Next is learn to receive the right way. What is this all about? Receive what? Receive the blessing, folks. We need to receive the blessing. I want to tell you a story about a guy that I talked to a little over a week ago. And a guy I've been talking to for quite some time, he's a great person, a great man of God. He started churches in California. He started a church in Mesa. And he's done so much for all kinds of people. He's got you know, wonderful children. He's been married for over 30 years. But as I got to talk with him, I began to realize he has this repeated record going over in his head. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. 
He had a terrible childhood. And as he shared his childhood, I couldn't help but cry to hear what he went through. But I've told him over and over again the same type of sermon, that God loves you, that God wants you to receive his blessing. And this last time when I met with him, he came in my office with a smile on. He said, John, I'm finally realizing it, that God's blessing is for me too, okay? Not just for everybody else, it's also for me to own it, to receive it. But sometimes to receive it, we have to make room. If our lives are full of anger and bitterness or rage or addictions, things of this world, if those things are filling us up, there's no room for the blessing to come inside because we're like a container. The first thing we need to do sometimes is what? We need to empty the garbage out. Empty it out. Ask Jesus to take it. Do a house cleaning. Make room and let the blessings of God pour into your life. And as you realize more and more how much you are blessed, and as you're filled more and more with his love, with his joy, it becomes an incredible thing because the next thing you get overfull and begins to flow out to those around you. And that leads to the next point, learning to give the right way. Learning to give the right way. You know, I truly want to see this church thrive and grow even more. This is a great church, Okay. Um, I had choice of churches I could, you know, be a part of. And this is, I, I chose this one too because I, I love this guy here and I, I love what I see in this church. But the key for us to grow even more and affect our community more is in the de degree of how much we let God's blessings fill us to the point of overflowing. That as we go out in the community, it's just pouring from us, just coming from us. Talking about giving the right way, as we think about our military, as we think about those that gave their lives even for our country. They gave everything. No greater love is there than for someone to give their life for a friend. I pray that we never take for granted the sacrifice our military people have made for us. And that's an example. And Jesus gave his life as well. That Not only you know, our military people, they give us freedom in this life. Jesus, through his sacrifice, gives us freedom forever. In the same way, we're called upon to share that with other people too. You know, the Bible, um, Paul refers himself as a doulist, a slave, a bond slave. And a doulist is somebody who is a slave and their master sets them free. And then after they're free, they voluntarily choose to give themselves back to their master to do whatever their master wants for the rest of their life. That's what Paul means when he says, I'm a bond slave for Jesus. Jesus has set us free. He has blessed us. And as we receive that blessing, the best way that we can show our thanks is to give ourselves back to him. I'm yours, Lord. Use me in any way you want. And be open to what that calling is. And incredible things are going to happen. You see, we're blessed to be a blessing. In your worship bulletins, there's this blue sheet. And last week, five of you filled it out. That's a good start. But we want a lot more. God stories. How God is blessing you. We want to hear more from you as far as what God is doing through you. Stories where he blesses you and he uses you to bless others. So we want to encourage you to please, you know, fill one of these out. Turn it in. We're going to set up times for, for filming them. So you don't have to do it live. It's going to be behind a camera. And it's not as bad as you think it's going to be. But we want to hear more about what God's doing to the people of St. Mark. But receiving the right way. A number of years ago, I had a friend. 
And the first time I met him, I asked him, how do you feel? How's it going? He goes, super, super. And I think, gosh, that seems strange. I never heard that one before. But the more I got to know him, the more I realized he was. He was like super all the time. He was always happy and joyful. And the last thing I want to talk about here is I'm abundantly blessed, okay? I think maybe super may not be your word, but I like this phrase. Someone asks you, how are you doing? Typically you say what? I'm fine. I'm okay. Try this one. How are you doing? I'm abundantly blessed. And see what happens. And I've encouraged people to do this in the past and they've shared with me a lot of stories about the opportunities that opened up for them to have a conversation with that person. Well, how do you get that way? But the, let me ask you a question. Are we abundantly blessed? Yes or no? It's the truth, right? So why not speak the truth? We are abundantly blessed. When? All the time, if we're focusing that symphony. And the last thing I want to challenge you with is called the blessing challenge. So I'll give you two challenges, the abundantly blessed one. But the last one is this. For the next 30 days, okay, I want to encourage you every day to write down five things you're thankful for. Five things. And then each day, five different things. And it's going to be really easy for about five days. But once you get to day like 25 through 30, it gets more challenging because you're really digging in to details. We can start realizing, wow, I really have a lot to be thankful for. I'm abundantly blessed. So in closing, I want to encourage you on this day to make a decision, a mental decision with your heart as well. Are you going to listen and focus on the symphony? Are you going to focus on the drumbeat? And my friends, God wants us to focus on the symphony. He's playing for us all the time and for eternity. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you bless us in so many ways and so often the things this world, they sidetrack us, those drumbeats of life, they pull us to the side and we get lost in it. We get fixated on things that really are not that big of a deal. And the reality is, you've overcome the world for us. There's nothing in this world that you have not overcome, that through you, we have victory in any and every situation. We are truly abundantly blessed all the time. And I pray that you help us in our lives to focus more, focus completely on the blessings and to realize that even the challenges that you're there for us and help us to learn to bounce off those challenges yeah, we deal with them, then we bounce off, we get right back to that symphony again. Help us to do this in Jesus' name. Amen.